Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And isn't that theme song still as good as ever? I mean, you've just got to love it, don't you, Blake? It's really taken us to the next level. It has. Really Speak, has. Speaking of things going to the next level, mm. it's been a while since our previous podcast. Um, 20 days or, or, or three weeks by the time it comes out. Yeah, unfortunately, the Pork has been a little bit sick. Yes. Swine flu? Swine flu. <laughs> Definitely swine flu. <laughs> swine flu is no joke. Um, but anyway, in that time... Your star has just just shone brightly. You've 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 gone from being you know the the co-host, or some would say perhaps the the lesser light of the third most popular mm. um, the Raiders Canberra Raiders podcast. I, I've I've heard the, the droning monologue one. <laughs> you know, I mean, your name your name does come second, so I mean, it's you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, it's know. true. I take I take the back seat to, to the Blake. There's no question about that. But um. But yeah, in, in this time, you know, you, you've you've gone from just being yeah the the, the, the co-host of the um, the third most popular Canberra's podcast with a listenership, you know, sometimes mm. in excess of two hundred people, sometimes uh, in excess <laughs> of two hundred people, uh, and you're you're now a star. You've Ricky Stewart's clearly Ricky Stewart's favourite journalist. Uh, I'm a minor local identity. I think a star is taking <laughs> taking things there, and I'm still a still a constant uh, character for ridicule and derision, as far as I can see. <laughs> Ricky, just... Ricky, Ricky Stewart's second most favourite uh, journalist. You, you got the incredible quote from um, CNK that I was just telling you before was replayed throughout um, ABC Grandstand on the weekend. Uh, you've had John Bateman retweet one of your tweets, reply to one of your tweets. He just, he just must be flying high at the moment. Tell uh, us about it. Well. I sat on the sideline at the Wollongong Stadium and we took our weather with us and fortunately because my wife is very smart as opposed to me, she made me took my beanie and my gloves and my scarf, which is the only reason I haven't died of pneumonia yet because it was so cold. It does get very windy at, at, at Wind Stadium. It was incredible. It's the west wind, they all said. Yeah. Be careful of the west wind. It was cold. But um, the Raiders were very good, but the Dragons, they came out, what, t- the first 10 minutes? And I thought, oh, they're here to play. The Dragons are here to play. They know how serious this match is. And I really thought we were in, in for a big match. And then all of a sudden, the Raiders really hit gear and blew them off the park. But it was cold and I got a bit sick. And so I haven't been paying very much attention because I've been on and off sick and so is the whole family. And then last Saturday night against the West Tigers, I compounded that. So that's why we've been away for 20 days. But we are back with the third most popular uh, Raiders podcast on the internet. Um, brought you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse. I would say dubious, very dubious at this stage, from the filthiest secret, secret storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic. Um, and don't forget, people, that uh, that theme song, Dennis Carnahan, he's coming this Saturday night, Street Theatre, 27th, come along, Rugby League the Musical, it will be brilliant, you need to come along to that at all. But, um, yeah, no, I want to I talk about that first of all. So when, when you do interviews... With players Which after one the are we match. talking about? CNK. CNK, okay. When you do interviews with players after the match, you don't know what you're going to get. You're running out there and you're really hoping just to grab a player to start with because there's, you know, there's two other radio stations and there's a television audience. And the television gets What's the What's happened right to Campo from the sideline when they brought back Phil Smalls? He's... I, I actually don't know. I have a feeling Croc Media's disappeared. But wasn't he... So he wasn't... I Part of the 104. He might be in the box now. I actually don't know. I haven't, I haven't I seen him. I didn't ask him. anybody, but Phil Small was down there, and there, there was two others down there with me. But um, when you go charging out for a play, the first thing is you've got to... Speaking of, of local 
legends. Phil Small. Phil Says Small. He's, he's up there in the Robo class, isn't he? Oh, yeah, totally. Mike Larkin. Oh, Mike Larkin. He's still on the air down in Melbourne now, Mike. It's always shocking when you see him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got some you. stories about Mike from when I worked at Channel 10 with him and Chapo and Robo. Oh, Dirty, dirty Chapo. Uh, not, I, can't, I can't say too much, but most of you already heard the story. It was, it was an interesting time. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Um, but um, So you go out and you, you, you're racing with other people to get interviews, and then there's the bloody handshaking thing where they won't talk to you until they finished handshaking. So you're standing right next to someone trying to ask them a question, and they're ignoring you, and that's, that's just crappy. So already, you know, and you're thinking, what the hell do I ask these people? So, you you know, so you don't really know what you're doing. So when you actually ask someone a question, you know, and I'm just a fan, right? I'm just a fan. Think William Miller in uh, Almost Famous. I'm just a fan, but I just want to get as close to the game as I possibly can. And, and I do. I get close to most people, and it's really great. But mostly, you get a mixed bag in interviews. You get cliches. You get people saying they're filthy on themselves. You get, I think I've talked about Sean Fensom's classic interviews where he looks at you with please don't talk to me and then he strings together three clashes and looks at you like please is that enough let me go let me go and you do because Sean Fenson's a hell of a nice guy and then you get ones like I had with Jamie Soward where you just think to yourself dude you're just a dick you're just a total and utter dick I don't like the footy show I do not like Bo Ryan but I'm really pleased he made fun of you all that time because you really deserved it um, because he treated me like crap so you get those sort of interviews then you get like you go to try and get Keeper Cronk and he literally tells you to piss off um, and so that doesn't need confidence. So when, with 60 seconds to go before we were switching away the Rabbitohs-Cowboys match, and I can hear that, like I'm told the timing in my headset, um, I saw CNK and I thought, look, I'll just see if I can get a quick word because he'd been smashed around. And I went over to him and I said, you know, I've forgotten the first question, but he said he was pretty sore already. And I said, is there any part of your body that it isn't injured right now? And he responded, my heart. It was heartwarming. It was. Um, it brought tears to my eyes. There was snot running out of my nose almost immediately. I didn't even know what to say after that. But it was like, I mean, I didn't do anything. I just answered the question. But yeah. just the sincerity of that young man and the beauty of that response. Um, my, my son's now favourite player. I imagine there's a lot of young kids around Canberra that have, uh, have just warmed to him. Uh, just, but it's impossible not to. Yeah. And I've been telling you since he first turned up what an incredibly nice young man he was. Now, he's, he's built his confidence week by week to the point now that he knows he's a first-grade player and he goes out each week well, to be the star. The, the, thing, the thing that I really like about him as well and, and the upside is he's only going to get better, in my view. Yeah. You know, he's, and as Ricky Stewart said in the press conference uh, against the Tigers, mm. um, he's actually a better player that now than he was round, you know, round one. Mm. He's had more first-grade experience. Yeah. This your season they had in his you know three seasons or whatever being oh, yeah. a, a bit part player on the wing and um, look at the moment I think he's probably playing a bit more like an old fashioned style yeah. fullback really brilliant but, yeah brilliant you know good carries back great it's some great last line defence yeah. been apart from you know the the first game against the Titans where he let a couple bounce incredibly safe under the high ball yeah um, well apart, I'll put, put it this way. Apart from James Tedesco, who is clearly the standout fullback in the game at the present moment, <coughs> and I think that's unarguable. Yeah, who's better than CNK? Well, I mean, there's on in, form right now. Who's yeah, better? in in the elite class, you'd have you'd have RTS up there. And, yeah, okay. And you know, you'd have Ponga up there as well. Yeah, they're up there, but he, he's he's right up there, isn't he? Yeah, and he's like you'd, you'd have him in your side. It's but, like, but like I say, I think I think that. It, as he goes, you know, the sort of chiming in, working with his teammates, ball playing mm. stuff can can really oh. improve as well. So you know, it's 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 he's been an absolute revelation, and oh. uh, 
Obviously, there's already talk to re-sign him, which is which is a must. I, I think it has to be. I think now it's it's gone to the point where he needs to be locked down long term on something that that shows him his value and how much yeah. he's appreciated in the club and secures his future, but also makes sure he's secured in our club. I think people are a bit worried about it after what happened with Campo and his injury, um, rendering that five year deal bad, but. I think, look, I think hence, you know, what Newcastle Knights did with Caelan Ponga. This isn't a risk. It's yeah, a risk not to do but it. But also, too, I think you're looking at long-term deals for players um, sub sort of 26, 27, yeah. I'm okay with. You look at some of the long-term deal, like the Josh Reynolds, you know, yeah, deal yeah. Oh, at, at, at the Tigers. That's a debacle. And, you know, um, Kieran Foran and stuff. Oh. Like, they're, they're, they're open to offers, but apparently no, no one's, one's offering them. Yeah. And, and nor would I. Look, I love Josh Reynolds. I'm not that fond of Kieran Foran, but I love Josh Reynolds. But I, I just, you know, you take him on a base contract now and I hope that he might do something. Yeah. If if if, if the Tigers want um, <laughs> want someone else to take him, they're going to have to, you know, of his of his 800,000 contract, they're still going to have to be paying 500. No one's going to pay more than 300,000. No, for him, you know, and yeah, obviously, you look what I was getting is you look at Campisi again, yeah, a long term deal. Once players get to a certain age, it, yeah, it's a risk, I mean, and, that, and I don't think there's a risk with CK. I think lock no. him up long term. But the good news was good that it looks like Jordan Rapiner. Well, then the club has come out sort of since there was the report, Fox report, that he was close to resigning, which we're all hoping for. And there, there was in the Canberra Times uh, yesterday or today, there was a report saying that they're still not that advanced. But they're looking at re-signing Adahinganu, Luke Bateman, Sam Williams. So who aren't they re-signing? That's what it's confusing to me. Yeah, but it's what they're signing them for. Though. I know. Obviously, you can't. It's not simple maths. We won't re-sign these guys, and then we'll use that money to sign yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Rappinen because you've still got to sign thirty players. Yeah, yeah. And you can't just like yeah, you can't pay this guy. You've, and that's one of the tricks of the salary cap is you've still got to have, yeah. you know, obviously. The, the, these offers to Adahinganu and and Luke Bateman are probably you know minimum wage. Oh, I'm not sure if they'd be minimum, but they're not going to be top line ones. But you need those players in in your area. But um, CNK, I don't think is going to be a minimum wage offer, nor should it be. No, well he's on 100 grand for this year and next year, and, and you, you think what they'll do is look to re-sign him, and, and part of that will be a, a fairly decent pay rise for next year. You know, to show to show his worth. And well, speaking as the worst businessman I know, I'd probably give him a pretty large chunk of change, upgrading from next year onwards, just to make sure he stays. He he's a player that you make the team around. He's clearly a future captain. Um, he's the right sort of dude to have around the club. I, I've been impressed with absolutely everything. Uh, he almost made me cry on Saturday night. Um, I, I can't speak highly enough of the dude. Best fullback we've had in the, in in our side. The best fullback we've had in our side since Gary Belcher. I'm calling it right now. He leaves every other fullback no. we've had since then in the shade. Better than Clinton Shikovsky. Yep. No. Yep, definitely. You're, you're wrong. Definitely. You're wrong, man. Clinton Shikovsky. Clinton Shikovsky was the absolute shining light for about five seasons. He there. was, but it doesn't make he it single handedly. He single handedly won us numerous games. I'm sure numerous, of that. I know games. that. I know that. And and I this is the other thing I'll tell you. CNK is going to get the Meninger Medal this year. I think he will too. Yeah, I, I don't think it's like there's been matches where Bateman's taken votes and Papali's taken votes and Hodgson's taken votes from them, but each time, each time, and each one of those matches, he will have been in the three. Yeah, I, I can not yeah. think of a match this season no. where he hasn't been in the three votes no. for the club, just within the club. Papali has been outstanding though, hasn't he? Oh, he's been fantastic. It's he's, his it's his best season since 2016, and I think it's better than 2016. Yeah, I think he's better now than he's ever been before. Um, uh, someone said the other day, if you're picking, you know, the Australian front row, it's it's, it's, him, it's he and Clemmer. And Clemmer, yeah. yeah. 
and I think that's where he, he's he's right at the he's gone right yeah. to the elite level of yeah of prop this year. Yeah, I, absolutely. No, and he is now a prop. He's not an edge runner. He no. is now a prop, and he's not just a good prop. He's a great prop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's right up there. But Bateman, um, just absolutely fantastic as usual. Whitehead just keeps being the strongest, the bravest. Tarpane, I'm not sure why he got so little game time against the West Tigers. Yeah, the he's, he's he's you wonder where he's at. I, I thought his game at, at the Dragons and his game against the West Tigers when he was on, he was great. He's back to the sort of form that we really like. Like he's right back up there now. So I didn't understand how he got so little. Yeah. Um, time. Do you know who that. we should give a rap um, to? Who doesn't get a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, kudos is, you know, losing um, losing uh, Junior Paulo and, and um, Shannon Boyd. And Shannon Boyd, it was kind of who's going to step up to the, the prop. Who's going to sit on the bench for the Burley Bears now? Yeah. No, well, yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Shocking. He's not um, on the bench. He's starting, but yeah. he's still in the Burley Bears. Uh, work, go back and work on some his fitness and some basics or who knows. Yeah, I shocking. don't know, but aren't you glad we didn't pay 650000 for and that? And they've got him for another, like, two more years or at that price. Oh, I suspect we'll see him back in green sooner rather than later. It's hard to see where he'd fit into the team. I mean, he'd have to take a, a very significant haircut. But um, anyway. Yeah, I know, but there's absolutely no question that the boys in the team would have him back and liked him. Yeah. Uh, some of them. Yeah. Darnamus Louis, though, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And um, he's played now something like 24 games straight yeah. or something for the Raiders. But, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, he's done really well. Like I said, there was, there was a void there, and he's really stepped up. And, and when he came here, we really signed him. He was an absolute journeyman. Yeah, yeah. And then when he did, did join knee. us, he did his knee, so he was out for a year. So yeah, no, But I talked to him during that process, and he was a lovely young man. Like, really nice. So freestanding brain, not stupid. Yeah. Like, he was good value, and I just thought, gee, I hope you do well, you know, like me. No, it's good to see. Good to see. So, yeah. him, I thought, oh, I like you, so I hope you do well, as opposed to, you know. And that's why I'm not the coach, because I won't make the hard decisions. Because, oh, I like him. You've got to put him in. He's a nice guy, you know. But um, You could never just put a bunch of players' names up on a whiteboard and say, uh, if, you, if you see your name up here, no. <laughs> start planning for next year somewhere yeah, else. I um, <laughs> And I've said that to a, a senior rugby league coach at this stage. That's why you're the coach, and I'm just some fat guy with no chin. Because you can make those hard decisions, and I never ever would. I never ever would. I'd never make those hard choices. But th- there's times I wouldn't have them there. But along with uh, Louis, who has been great and has really hit the line hard, and but this is what I want to talk to about, about him is that he's really, really improved his defence this season. Yeah. Last season it was a bit of a liability. He could he could put out an arm. He wouldn't necessarily. Um, make a good tackle or whatever, and people would go through him. Not so this season. He's missed a couple, but really, his defence has really knuckled down. But the other one is the old man. Old man Soliola. Yeah, uh, been gee, good. Been good starting at probably. He's been outstanding, and he gives... Like, the other day, that they didn't replace him. He was absolutely gassed for five minutes, and they ran at him. They saw him, and he kept getting up, and he kept making it. You could see he just wanted to get the hell off the field. Like, that's why I was thinking about Tarpanay. I kept turning around, why aren't they bringing Tarpanay on? Because C has had it. Sears absolutely had it, but they didn't bring him on. But Sears been playing really well. But let's look. So the Dragon win. The Dragons win. Uh, the Kotrick send-off. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, it was very reactive to what's happened in the times. You know, mm. people, where's, why, is, why is the send-off dead? People have been calling to bring back the send-off, yourself yeah. included. Oh, yeah, and I said, <laughs> I said to Tony Mithin, who I write with on the Roar, I said to him, you know, we're making all this fuss about this, and the first player who gets sent-off as a result will be a Raider. And he said, no, and I said, no, you can set your watch by it. So when Kotri got sent-off, I, I, I texted Tony straight away. I said, I see, I bloody told you so. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, all things considered, yes, it was a bad tackle. Yes, he deserved mm. to be suspended. He didn't know it, what he was doing, though. He couldn't no. see. He didn't actually understand what he was doing at the no. time. Uh, you, feel, you, feel, you feel for the guy. Um, 
But, you know, it, it's for that to be a send-off and you've seen so many other things. Oh, yeah, for Benny to stay on the field and, and decide the well, match. Well, Ricky thought that he went to the bin for 10 minutes. Have you told him that he never actually went to the bin for 10 minutes? In his ranting and raving, he was talking about Penny Terrapo not going to the bin. He knew he didn't go to the bin. No, he knew he didn't go to the bin. No, Ricky was just, yeah. Ricky was a bit emotional about Nick. He'd just been dealing with Nick in the sheds. Yeah. And I think that was, you know... You know, people people say a lot of bad stuff about our coach, and and uh, you know he's a, a, attacking. Are you, are you pointing? Are you pointing fingers? No, I'm not pointing fingers because <laughs> you obviously love him, Blake. You know, you're a great fan of him. You never say anything bad about him at all. You wouldn't call me a suck off, uh, you know, religiously and follow him like a zealot. You would never. Like do I that. say, it's it's starting it's starting to pay off. Anyway, so. The thing about Ricky is, yeah, he can be a bristly character, and it's the same with Des Hasler, and it's the same with a lot of the players. They're very defensive. They have a siege mentality, and if you start hacking in, they'll hack back on you because that's where they yeah. are. They, 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 they wear speaking their of which, speaking of which, so um, post the St George game, mm. there was a press conference. There was. You were there. I was. You clearly were Ricky's um, favourite journalist in the room, where he referred to you by name. Uh, yeah, great question, Tim. Yeah, thanks uh, for that, Tim. There were some other people there. Yeah. Um, he didn't really take to as well. No. Um, most people assumed that um, his uh, tirade was directed at Polkinghorn. It was not, aka Pokemon from the it from the not. from the Canberra Times. I guarantee who, it was not aimed at David he's, Polkinghorn. He's had a few run-ins with in the past. Wouldn't be on his Christmas card list for whatever reason. But it was directed at someone. Who was it actually directed at? Can Even Tim and the AAP journalist, right? Who used to write for the Canberra Times? Who as well, used to he? write the Canberra Times. And is he still based in Canberra? Or he is he... based in Canberra. Right. Um, yeah, no, there was no love lost in that particular incident. There was none whatsoever. And, um, yeah, there was... It was an unpleasant issue for all involved. And, um, fortunately, someone threw in a question to distract and stop that, that escalation. Was that you that threw in the question? I can't say too much. I can't say too much. You sent in a Dorothy Dixer from the back bench? I, I, I wouldn't say anything about a Dorothy Dixer on the, the, the back bench. But um, I was wondering when other people got involved when there was gunplay and I thought I'd better do something. Because, um, yeah, there was going to be fisty cuffs. And, look, he... Ricky was being baited. And, and this is the thing. When, I think, when I he think goes off in those situations, it's because he passionately loves his players. Yeah. He gets angry with them. He'll yell them. That's his job to do it. Yeah. But it's like you know an angry mother with their child. They'll defend their kid first, and then they'll go back yeah. into the car and scream their guts out. No, no. no. I, it, look, I thought that Ricky's um, reaction was a little over the top, and probably saying, I'm not here for the parents, is not really the best thing to say no. under the circumstances. But at the same time, yes, the line of questioning was a bit... Uh, hysterical and over-emotional and was trying to elicit a reaction. And look, he got one. Yeah, I know. I know. It was unfortunate. It was good that we moved on from there. It was cold. Everyone was cold. Everyone had the craps. Everyone just wanted to get the two yeah. points and go back to town. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was unfortunate. Uh, we've learnt from that um, going forward. We'll, we'll learn from that what happened Segwaying there. into the next press conference and Ricky's love affair with the pork... <coughs> He outed you as an unabashed Raiders fan. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was ever in any doubt, but... It was a bit unnecessary, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a bit unnecessary in that. Um, everyone in the room knew it. He didn't need to tell it to everyone else. Um, I did have words after that point there because it's more about I wanted to get the good stuff, you know. Do you think Josh Hodgson is the second best ever established player signing for the Canberra Raiders? I think he is. Yeah. I think he is the second best established player And it wasn't really... I mean, he wasn't really that established when we signed him because when but we he, signed him he was a first grade player in yes. another club and had been for a number of number of seasons but a, and he but was a pretty, playing a pretty low league low level low he was a bench player for the, the English side 
when largely on the basis I think that he was joining the Raiders, but you know he was still a bench yeah. player from the English side, so he was an established player. Um, it's funny the first test... Whitehead was established, Soliola was established. Yeah. Whereas you can't say um, Stewart, Clyde, and Daly were established players. No, you can't. I mean, okay, Ricky Stewart was had, an international in rugby, international in rugby, but was a left field when he got brought in to that particular yeah. area. So and also he was he was more of a local. Yeah, you, but player. you could argue that he he was the second best after Meninga. But I don't think there's any argument that Meninga is the best established player oh, of course. that's ever been made by our club. Um, but I, you now look at it, and this is going back to the Dragons match. When Kotrick got sent off, the Dragons had been mounting something and looked like they actually might run yeah. down that score. It's as unlikely as it looked like. But as soon as he got sent off, Hodgson just took over the side. Bang. It was dummy half running. It was around the ruck, guiding it around, this, that, and the other. And the momentum completely swung back. They were one player down. They were playing better football. They were making more yards. And it was like St. George thought, oh, the man's gone off. We're going to win now. And they were just waiting till they got yeah. the ball so they could do it. But what they didn't actually understand was the Raiders weren't waiting for that. The Raiders were going to go, and they had a plan of how they were going to attack and win the game from that position. Not try and defend it out, but actually attack it out. And by the time the Dragons worked out that that's what the Raiders were doing... Saliva Havili had scored and CNK had scored yeah. and the game was officially gone. Yeah. But Hodgson guided that. And Hodgson, you just saw, it was dispassionate in a way. He just looked around, he went, and he ran it and it was brilliant. And I, so the thing about Josh Hodgson is, that, you know, in our previous episode, we were one of my things I was saying is that people actually saying that we looked better as a team when he was, when he was out. I mean, we said that was ridiculous at the time. It's one of the, the last dumbest things I've ever I know. In the last couple of weeks, I mean... We've actually scored tries uh, inside the 20 metres, which we couldn't do at all. Yeah. We looked completely lost inside the 20 without him there. Well, the Dynamis Louis try exactly. was basically, he called him in, said, run that line, and he did it, and he scored. There's been numerous examples of them. And um, the other thing is the one-on-one strips. I mean, oh. they are unbelievable. No one keeps that stat. And it, it, you now need to keep it because he is the strip master. He's doing two to three a game. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's obvious that he's doing it. And players are going through and they're running at him thinking, oh, you know, he's small, I'm going to run over it. And then all of a sudden, they don't have the damn ball. And yeah. it momentum. Well, the other thing is, is he gets the ball and then, you know, does the call and the other players drop off. And the only other player I've seen... Um, yeah, Cameron Munster's the only other one that's... Yeah, they hit the ball. Daly used to do it back in the day. Daly was just like... in the, the, You remember the 91 grand final? Steve Carter's going to go across the... He's going yeah. across the line. He's going to score. And Daly knew he couldn't stop him and just went 100% for the ball. And all of a sudden, Carter's running past and doesn't have a ball in his arm anymore. Speaking of Laurie Daly, you must have been pleased to see him. I was very pleased to see him there. Very pleased. And I think Ricky's done a a great job bringing Laurie back into the fold and Laurie's being around. And look, I... One of my friends attended the the dinner on the Friday night, the celebration, and yeah, apparently Laurie had a very good night. Yeah, well, it's really good to see him there. I was a bit disappointed Ricky didn't go out into the field for the 89 side. I thought he should have. Yeah. I really thought he should have. I mean, like, you had pretty much all the players there from it. You know, that Chica wasn't there, but most of the players were there. Even Kevin Walters. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin Walters was doing commentary that night as well. But anyway. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> that but he'd well. forgotten when I talked to Kevin Walters that he was actually a Raiders life member. I was a bit disappointed with that. I said, well, you were part of, you know, blah. I said, yeah, 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 but I've forgotten I was a life member. All right, okay. Um, so we're going to, um, but the West Tigers game, apart from CNK being bloody brilliant, um, and he was, um, the gritty defence, you know, when the West Tigers actually came at them and they came at them well, the last line defence and the gritty stuff, and we only let in one try and there were so many more we could have let in. And we didn't, after the, this, there was a funny game because the first 20 minutes mm. tries at will yeah. and then after the second half we didn't look like, I mean, we didn't have the field position, didn't look like scoring a try, coming close to scoring a try. What I want to know, Michael Oldfield. 
is when you're into the, the gap like you were in and you've got people running and you've got one fullback in front of you who's actually out of position and smaller than you and you've got players running left, right and centre, why wouldn't you try and put a step on him? Because yeah. hold the ball, it was first tackle. I know. Hold the ball because at that present stage you had five or six players that in your colours right behind you in the line with them was the whole lot of West Tigers. You go to the ground and get up and do a quick play of the ball, which was going to be all right. It was either going to be a penalty or a sin bin, you know, if someone pushed you back down because you were too big for that one player to hold up and the other players were, you know, not able to get into the thing. You go down, even get tackled, quick play of the ball, we score. If they pull you down, we get a penalty, possibly a sin bin, and the game is over. But instead he throws the pass. Moses by great call, called for it, got yeah. it. Um, and, and saved it, and, and actually shows how he's really um, risen up in the game. I, he actually had a pretty good game, didn't I he? I thought he was pretty good. I yeah. thought Benji Marshall was very good. Yeah. They ran at Benji Marshall again and again and again, and he barely missed a tackle. He yeah. was really good. Uh, the, the stats show that he fell off, but he fell off late Thank after God he, he got to um, leave Canberra Bruce Stadium, GIS Stadium. A loser. Boy, what you will, a loser. I had to bolt across the field because he was trying to escape to make sure that he understood that he was leaving <laughs> the camera time for the first time. He did not appreciate me on my interview, but I did it. And, and he was as gracious as he was going to be when he could probably tell what I was doing. I but, do remember many years ago, it was a Channel 9 game, and um, when he was hobbling around on crutches and we beat the Tigers that day, but he didn't He didn't play. Hmm. So the, yeah, the, the few occasions that we had beaten... Um, well, the Tigers at Cameron. As you know, he I sent John there. Bateman in there to, to end the streak, and he did, and then he acknowledged it on Twitter, which is very nice. Yes. Speaking of of John Bateman mm. and um, and the, the gritty defence in the second half, yep. it's, we're going to segue now into our segment why we love John Bateman. Bateman. No, no, let's try again. No, 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 Bateman. Why there do was, we love John Bateman? I mean, well, why, the better, better, better question to ask, why wouldn't we love yes, John Bateman? I don't know if you, he looked like he was struggling for a lot of that game against the Tigers. He could, took a couple of knocks early on, mm. and he looked like he was struggling, but he still just kept at, at it the whole mm. time. Uh, he's had a lot of challenges on his side mm. with Oldfield there, mm. who is not as accomplished defender as, as a Nick Kotrick or, or a Leilua. Um, but he just kept on turning up and kept yep. on doing it. And there was a bit right sort of um, towards the end of the match. And in the corner closest to me, Bay 57, which um, will be renamed soon Bailey's Corner, as yeah. per Dennis Carnahan's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, only you could, if only you could have those... You can't drape your sheet over the... No, over the not allowed, absolutely not allowed to do that, no. <laughs> anyway, but, um, the, 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 attack, the attacking raid was stopped and... Um, and he got up and he celebrated with the players, and then he went to the crowd and he really mm. revved the crowd up, and it, it was did. just it was exciting. It, it was, was really good. like when you're right in front there and he's revving up the crowd. It's just great to see someone playing with so much passion. Oh yeah, and obviously he comes from you know an English culture where the crowd is they're smaller crowds, but they're very involved oh, yeah. crowds, and it, you know he likes to get the crowd involved. It's it's great to see. Oh, he's just yeah. I mean, what's not to love? The other thing I was going to say too about great defence and um, in the same corner, you know, right towards the end of the game, Aiden Caesar oh, running back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was and not it wasn't just good defence. It was a really good call. Yeah, like he switched from going to the ball to making the tackle. He was he was just a bit too short to get the ball. Went over <laughs> his bounce. He's got an unfortunate bounce. But um, a couple of weeks ago, when he was brought back into the side over Sam Williams, and, and one of the things I said at the time was that he just has a habit of pulling off these sort of last ditch try line. Savers. He had a really good one against the Dragons as yeah, well, which yeah, you yeah. just don't see that from 
Sam Williams. It's one of the things I like about Caesar and the team over Williams. He's just capable of just doing those. Yeah, well, Ricky was certainly talking up the, the fact that he was putting his body on the line and he's really working that. And that's a try, unless he did what he did. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, it, and, and it wasn't, I didn't realise it was him because it was such a good physical effort and really smashed the guy down to the yeah. ground. It was, um, was it Laffer? No, it was, who was it? He's our masters. Yeah. Um, so it was a big unit, and he brought him down, and he, he did it really well, and it was it was perfectly executed, and he, he stayed in competition for the ball the whole way. He didn't get outpaced. He didn't get out-muscled off the ball. Well, it's funny, because when the initial foot race was he and... Um uh, and Robbie Farron, it's like, <laughs> who's, the, who's the slow out of these yeah. two? <laughs> oh, no, Caesar's faster than Robbie Farrer. Guaranteed. Not by much, not, not that much, no, but he got the bounce. He was getting... And Caesar's been running the ball a lot more, so he's been very, No, very his good. last couple of games have been, you know, some of his best in green, I'd say, and, you know, yeah. hopefully he keeps it up. No, he's, he's been really, really good. Panthers game, can we win? I hope so. I'm never confident. I don't go into any game supremely confident. I've, I've, I've learnt the hard mm. way that as soon as you start thinking that we've got these two points banked... Um, yeah, I mean, they've had a great run of form, but you, they've won seven in a row. You know, they're probably, in some ways, due for a loss. Mm. I'd say Villiami Kikau, you know, whether or not we think that it was a soft uh, suspension, mm. it's definitely worked in our favour. Well, and that brings us to, you know, something that uh, gets me a little bit irritated, Blake. And, in fact, it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? You know what grinds my gears? Tell me, tell me. Tell the, the listeners. Out, the Kikau suspension. Okay, so here's the thing. Last year, I wrote an article saying you couldn't possibly suspend Billy Slater for that shoulder charge and leave him out of his last match in grand final. Unfortunately, they found a way not to suspend Billy Slater for that match. That was ridiculous. Um, and it was clearly a shoulder charge. Yeah. But it's like the intention of that rule there was not to stop that. And, and that, was, that was the Channel 9 clause. But no, but the problem here was that, that was I completely agreed with that. It was like there are some things you suspend a player for a grand final for, and there are some things you don't. Yes, it was a shoulder charge. Yes, technically it was a thing. And yes, in the normal stage, but this is advanced. And I know how hypocritical that makes because I could make that argument both ways, and I have, right? Well, that's the thing where people in the past saying that, you know, grand finals in state of origin should be worth more and, suspension-wise. Uh, and I sort of think to the cells, if it means that much to a player, you then put a penalty up, a subsequent penalty that allows them to play in that game, but is so severe that you've really got to decide whether you want to be in it. So, for example, that Billy Slater gets to play in last year's grand final, but he gets a $100,000 fine. Like, a seriously large fine, which he has to pay. Not a crowd-surfing shit, but he has to pay. Like, that sort of thing. Because, you know, in those sort of circumstances, if we got one of those things, our crowd would crowd-surf enough of that money in order to make it. So, But something that would really have that effect. I don't want... This is what grinds my gears... I'm glad that Kikau's not playing this weekend against the Raiders because he's so damn good. He's a great player. He makes shit happen out there. He runs the ball bloody brilliantly. He's fantastic to watch. Not quite Jason Taumalolo, but he left the Cowboys because he had that stuff in him. And he plays brilliantly. He's great to watch. He's why you go and watch football. You want to see the guys like that. John Bateman said he wishes he was playing because he wants to play against the best. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to play against Kikau. <laughs> I don't want him to be there because he is so good and he is going to make things and happen. And we need these two points. Yeah, and we need them badly. But here's the thing about that. It is so blatantly unfair that Kikau's out. It is ridiculous. And when you look at the replays, there's arms. There's arms all through the damn tackle. And they're saying it's a shoulder charge. And it's like, well, yeah, the first port of contact is arguably the shoulder, but arms are definitely coming into play there. It's Again, but it's the, it's the reactive NRL in that 
this is now the issue is the late hits and you know everything else and well, playmakers and whatever else. And it grinds my gears that I feel like I should write about how unfair it is, and yet I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, it's really benefiting my side, yeah. and that, that grinds my gears. Like, I was pleased. I was. I heard CSL say, you know, we want to play the best and we want to be there, and I'd say John Bateman was been building up to this one after coming off second best, yeah, yeah. you know, and Wagger, and he was really looking forward to the challenge again because that's what he's come here to test himself, and yeah. he's that oh, sort of competitor. But I'm happy that we've, we're getting the two points. And interestingly, if you look at the game in Wagga, the two main strike players in that game was Kikau, mm. who's out, yep. and Walker Blake, who's he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He signed for Parramatta, but he hasn't played. It's Parramatta, I think. He hasn't yeah. played for them yet because he's been Well, last time, last time was a street fight against the Panthers. It was a street fight. And they, they were really struggling at that time and really needed the win. They yeah. really needed the win. And they dragged that match down into a street fight. It was violent. It was dirty. There was hold downs. There was pull. And we got away with the win because... Of, and I said to a certain unnamed first grade coach afterwards my god that was a street fight and his response was I like street fights um, and I don't I don't I'm very pleased now we actually have players who are capable of engaging them and winning them like Elliot Whitehead like John Bateman yeah. uh, like uh, Josh Papali we've got players who are not going to shy they take their toll it. though as well I think those they games. do um, and I think a lot of what the, dra- the what Panthers have been through has taken their toll too but they've got Jimmy Maloney you'd like to think that Jimmy Maloney is leaving now you know, wrapping up at the end of this season, and so he'll be putting the queue in the rack. That's not how Jimmy Maloney no. plays. Jimmy Maloney plays out his contracts, um, and he's in great form. Um, we've got Nathan Cleary back into form. He's doing really well. Mansour's always going to be a great player. Dylan Edwards. Hey, Mansour is not the player that he was. Do you know they had like eight players who ran over 100 metres last week against the Dragons? Now, I know it's the Dragons, right? I know it's the Dragons, but... Eight players that made over 100 metres is really freaking yeah. impressive. Josh Mansell, I used to think he was, you know... Oh, he like, won't play rep football again. No, he won't play for so football again. But he he's play for still a really good player. He's 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 going to make some metres. His kick returns are really good. Yeah. Then they're really dangerous as well. Uh-huh. But um, their issue was the Panthers' issue was they missed a lot of tackles. Like a lot of first-up tackles. And um, if you're in the position where you've got someone like CNK who can really make you suffer for missing a first half tackle, or Josh Hodgson who can really make you suffer for it, or you know um, a Josh Papali who can really make you suffer for missing a first up tackle, that could be problematic for them. But at the same time, they know how to grind, they know how to fight. Their last line defence has really improved out of sight. Um, I think this will be a street fight again. If we get away with the two points, I'll be really freaking happy. Yeah, we've got to get. There's a few games we've got to try and you know. Oh, We're going to get top four. We've got to win how many? It's at least three or We've four We've got more seven games. to go. We need four more games to make top four. Yeah. And, and it, you There's can't no avoid any ones there. Losing the Parramatta match is going to cost us. Should never have lost it. Should never have lost oh, it. The one that, that <coughs> grinds my gears is that Cowboys one. That was very disappointing, that home. Oh, and look, and the one against Souths as well, where Croker gets stripped over the line. Um, if, he, if he just holds that ball, if he scores that try... Oh, but I don't think that was as much of a, 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 a squandered opportunity as, you know, the Cowboys game was or, or the Parramatta game was. Uh, no, but it could have been one. That's yeah. the thing. <clears throat> but this is, this is the thing, you know, you look at the back end of the season now and it, we're going to have to beat the Roosters at home yeah. if we're serious. And we, I, I, think, I think we need to go down and beat the Storm in Melbourne. Well, that would be a real statement. It would be a massive statement. But, you know, you look at the matches that we've got coming up, you look at the matches that we've got coming, and you think to yourself, okay, so what matches are there that we've got there? And, and what's our... Warriors away, game? I think, is, is a big one. So you've got to say that Panthers this weekend, this is 
as close to a must win as we get. Yeah. And, and, and I know it's a cliche, but you really don't want to be looking past this weekend's game. You need to get these two points without thinking of anything. But assuming you actually get that, the Warriors away is a must win as well. Yeah, that's the one I've got chalked so, out as a must win. But once you get those four points, once you get those four points, assuming you're on 28, at which point you're in the finals. Like you have actually made yeah. the finals with those. So you really want to get those. Then you're home to the Roosters. Now, I want to tell you something really horrible about the Warriors match, though. Uh, it's a five-day turnaround with travel against the Warriors. So the chance of actually getting that win is sweet F.A. You do not win matches for five days. So we'll be playing the 405 match against the Panthers on the Sunday, and then we've got to go straight over to play the 6 o'clock match against the Warriors on the Friday. That's ridiculous, isn't it's it? It's absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. Scheduling. It's dreadful scheduling. Um, but that's the way it's got to go. That's the way it's happening in that. So, But that's probably not going to be there. So the Panthers match, we've really got to win, and then we've got to come back and really hope because we've got a big gap then between Friday 2nd of August and Sunday the 11th of August yeah. to regather and try and come up against the Sydney Roosters and that's going to be um, season-defining, that particular match there. You just know, you, you've been able to see this for a long way up, and they are going to have had a seven-day break, and they're going to play the Titans at home before they come down on us. So they're going to be in all sorts of shape in order to do that match. So that's massive. Um, and then, of course, we go away straight after that on a six-day turnaround for the Melbourne Storm down at, at Amy Park before we come home um, with a eight-day turnaround against the Seagulls, who we desperately need to beat. Who That's are another must-win, isn't great it? Great form. Must then win. we go away for the Sharkies, who hopefully are in a hole by that stage, yeah. but probably won't be. Um, and then we come back for the last match of the game against the Warriors. We have to win against Penrith. Like, there is nothing in there that says anything can be taken for granted. There is no easy victories in that whatsoever. From here on in, if we actually want to be a force as a team, each... Two points has to be fought, and there has to be a line drawn in the sign that basically says no no quarter can be given at this stage. Everything, and if it's a street fight, that's a street fight. How ugly it is, it doesn't matter. Because if we get through the next three rounds with six points, and all of a sudden we're on 30 points at that particular stage, the luxury that allows you in what you play and how you play against in those final four rounds to set up the rest of your season is massive. Because playing from behind, playing catch-up football, not just in a game itself, but in a season sense, affects the way you go into a game. You're desperate for it because you've got to win it and there's a desperation. When you're not that desperate, you can stick to your game plan. You can have more faith in your combinations. You don't have to try any dumb things out. You know, you don't have to do the Andy Courier chip through. You know, you don't have to do that. You can actually try and kick the ball long and stay with it. So winning against Penrith this weekend, I, I'm calling it now, is the most crucial game, is the most crucial result of our season to date. Most important game in three or four years. Yeah, I, I would say. It's the most important game since that Monday night against the Storm yeah. in 2016. It's the, it's the one where you say this basically defines what you are as a team and what you aren't as a team. So they really need to win it. I know they didn't challenge the Kotrick suspension or try and get it downgraded because they want Kotrick back for the Roosters, Roosters game. Yeah. But I think Kotrick being back for the Warriors game would have been awesome as well. But before we leave, um, there are reasons to be cheerful, Blake. Of course there are. Well, and we're in the top four. You know, at this time of the season, after Origin, we're in the top four, which is amazing. And if someone had said it to us at the beginning of the exactly. season, would we take it? We would have said, absolutely, <laughs> we'll take that. So that's good. Uh, we're winning ugly, but we're winning. The key word in winning ugly is winning. Yep. And we're winning and we're holding on. We're getting out and we're doing this thing. And of course, and we went over it again, uh, my heart still goes out to them, but CNK, uh, unbelievable. Uh, it's just wonderful to have... 
not just one, not two, but multiple players in our side where you look at each week and say, well, which one's going to be my favourite this week? Is it going to be Whitehead? Is it going to be Bateman? Is it going to be Hodgson? Is it going to be Croker? Is it going to be Raffiner? Is it going to be Simonson? Is it going to be CNK? Is it going to be Tarpanay? Is it going to be Parley? And there's all these players and you look at it and say, my God, we've actually got a lot of good players. Yeah. You know, and it is. It's the players, stupid. That's what it comes down to. You know, you're sacking Garth Brennan and say, oh, he's not a good coach. Well, would you be a good coach if you lost Ryan James and Jai Arrow and Ash Taylor? Because I don't think you would be either. You know, would you be a good coach like Mary McGregor if you lost Jack DeBellin and you lost Gareth Widmer? I don't think you would either. You know, it's the players, stupid. And our players are good. And so there's many reasons, reasons to be cheerful. Now, don't forget, people, Dennis Carnahan. Street Theatre, this Saturday night, 27th, uh, Rugby League The Musical. Get along. You will laugh. You will cry. It is hilarious. It is enjoyable. But uh, this is uh, this has been, you've been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. I'm Blake. And uh, we will rant at you later. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.